He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. Dreams are the language of the unconscious. It's a way to tap into our higher selves, our ancestors, the spirit world, and get access to information that our conscious mind is missing. Today's guest is Amaka Devi, and she's going to share her perspective on dreams. And be sure to check the show notes because she's given us lots of fabulous freebies that I know that you'll want to check out. And if you like the show, please like, share, and subscribe. It's a way of practicing reciprocity and sharing the love. Thanks. So Amaka Davy, how did you get into dream work? Oh my goodness. I have been such a vivid dreamer since I can remember, Laura. It I had such a sense of the unseen world as a little child. I have memories of other dimensions and vivid, vivid dreams. I, as a matter of fact, I had a recurring dream as a child and it took me all the way into my 20s where I it would show up in different ways. I was an animal running, usually a tiger, uh, through the jungle. Sometimes I was a dark-skinned woman. I guessed I was maybe in Africa, but it could have been another jungle somewhere. And I received healing work. I worked as a holistic health practitioner and professor for, I was a professor for 21 years at the university level. And I came to realize in all my years of doing healing work with people that everything begins in the mind. So now I'm focused on what I call mind taming. And I feel that meditation is a great part of it. And I do get that not everybody thinks they could sit on a cushion up straight, focus on their breath. I know everybody can close their eyes. But I have been researching for a PhD for a decade now on methods to teach people meditation and also to prove to them that they already are doing it. So I tend to speak about mind, body, spirit. And a lot of times the topics of dreams come up. I love dream analysis. So yes, it started when I was little. As soon as I could write, I started a dream journal. I've had dream buddies through all my years. And I do have clients that come to me specifically for help with understanding their dreams. I've even been a part of a university study on dreams. So it's a lot as far as dreams go. What do you think dreams are? You know, I ask this to my teacher. I still study at an ashram, and uh, that is where I received my name. 
I am working on a PhD in meditation. So very, very uh, involved with the yogic community, with yoga, yoga, Ayurveda, and Jyotisha. Jyotisha is the spirit in mind, body, spirit. Yoga for the mind, Ayurveda for the physical, the body, the physical world, and Jyotisha is the science of light. It is the science of the stars and the planets, the lights in the sky, and that is astrology. So I bring them all together and I demystify what these are as a public speaker and a workshop leader and teacher and trainer to more mainstream audiences because I want them to understand it. So it just so happens that I asked my teacher, because I study what's called Vedanta. Some of you may not understand what Vedanta is. Vedanta is one of the paths. It is the path of Jnana Yoga, which uh, can be pronounced in other ways. Uh, I am using the proper Samskritam, which is Sanskrit, to pronounce it. It is the Yoga of Wisdom. And the basis of it is actually quite simple. Many of the books written on it are very, very thin in their volume shape. And it is the study of who am I? Meaning, really, what am I? You know, and I did ask the other day, you know, we were talking about the witness, which is a big part of Vedanta, who is, uh, you know, we might call this the cup, but who's looking at it, who's observing it? Well, I could say I am, but that could still be what we call the little I, the ego. And then so, okay, maybe I, Ambika Devi, thinks I'm looking at this cup, but then who's watching me, you know, and, and who is really the observer? So this is that existential kind of conundrum that Vedanta studies puts us through. It's like, I'm not the cup. And we say, neti, neti, uh, meaning, no, no, I'm not the cup. That's, that's not what I am. I am not this, what I call Ambuka Devi. This is a body and it has eyes. So maybe I could say, yeah, well, the eyes are the observer. And then, okay, but who's really getting the information? Who's really watching through those eyes? And we, we talk about being spiritual beings, having a human experience. And I think this is very Vedanta in its statement that uh, we're doing this. So the other day I asked my teacher to ask the Swami and he hasn't gotten back to me yet because I have class tomorrow, everybody. So you'll have to put comments on these posts so I can respond back um, <laughs> or send me a message through my website and I will let you know. And I'll probably post about it on social media. But I said, wait a minute, wait a minute to my teacher after class. And it was an intense class on the watcher, the witness. And I said, and we were talking about dreams. And I said, well, then who's observing the dreams? You know, because I wake up in the morning, I say, ah, I had a good night's sleep. I had a dream. I get out my dream journal. I write it down. But who really got that information? Where did it come from? It is my perception that it is that witness, that essence, that what we might call soul, what we call in uh, this philosophy, the Atman, uh, the true, the true beingness. And so that's what I perceive. But I just so happen to be embarking on a higher level course right now where we are going to be diving into that and having these debates about it.
Well, okay. So what kind of things uh, might dreams reveal? Oh, I think they go everything from, and I have done a lot of dream work people. Uh, so there are phases and stages of the dream. We uh, allegedly, through science, measure that we have cycles in 90 minutes and that we go three levels of dreaming. The first level is usually unpacking what happened in the day. So I think of it as kind of the RAM in your computer, you know, just kind of crash dumping some of that stuff, you know, cleaning the cache so that you're getting rid of the recent stuff. Then we go into maybe a stage of dreaming where it's really disjointed. It's not making sense. It's fragments. Uh, we can't really place it to something specific that happened in our day or our life. Uh, but it's info information that we come out of the dreaming state with. And then there's that deeper level where they are more profound dreams, where they are more vivid, where we come back perhaps with more information about environment, about conversations, about beings that we could have spoken to. And then there's also higher levels of sleep, which are called sleep yoga, which is meditation, but when the body's fully at rest. So when we're sleeping, we're fully at rest. When we're dreaming in some philosophies, because remember, I taught holistic health and I was a practitioner. So in, or, in traditional oriental medicine, which I practiced, which could be acupuncture, herbology, and shiatsu, different things. Uh, these are what I taught. In that philosophy, dreaming is considered disturbed sleep. That always sat kind of weird with me, you know? Like, why? Because I've always been such a rich and vivid dreamer. Now, I awoke this morning in a very lucid state. Now, lucid dreaming could be that next level beyond those three levels of sleep. Uh, that's closer to dream yoga and, and yogic sleep. Um, so I was most definitely back in time in this chronological body's lifetime in scenes that I had been through and having conversations and watching them, not, you know, how sometimes when you're dreaming, Laura, you're looking out of what feels like your body's eyes, like you are with me right now, but sometimes you're not, you're watching you. That to me, I mean, come on, that's a witnessing, right? You're yeah, and have you ever, I don't know if you've done this, I've done this, where I'm in the eyes, I'm watching me. I'm in the eyes, I'm watching me. Have you done that? Every night. Every night. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so maybe that is disturbing. I don't know. Do you sleep well? Do you wake up refreshed? I hope I've so. I've never known anything different, so it's just normal. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, imagine, though, if it was the first time and you were in your 40s and you'd ha never had a dream like that. That could really freak you out. Um, and then there's prophetic dreaming, like in one of my favorite books, The Lathe of Heaven, where there's a character, Ursula K. Le Guin wrote that book, um, where there's a character who dreams and then wakes up and that's the reality. So what if I told you that that's what we're doing every night? Because it is quite possible. Have you ever had this happen? Where... You maybe you go for a walk in the same place often, maybe not every day, but often. You and let's say there's a sidewalk and there's some wild land on one side and a street on the other. Have you ever had an experience where you're walking and all of a sudden maybe 
the woods seems a little further away from the sidewalk or a little bit closer, that the reality, the the fabric of this reality seems maybe askew. Yes. Mm. So this takes us back to maybe that first Matrix movie of, you know, being submerged in a pod with thousands of other beings in the same way, dreaming this reality. I do believe it. I mean, yogis say, we say that this has already happened. We're just acting it out. We have dreamt it before. So I have many layers. That's a loaded question to say, you know, what do you think about dreams, Ambika? Quite a lot. Now, have I helped people with their dreams? Absolutely. Especially when a recurring dream is troubling someone. Come on, that's your psyche. That's a part of you trying to get messages to you. And as far as dream journals go and trying to figure out what the symbology means to you, after studying the techniques of Freud, Gestalt, and Jung back in the 80s when I was taking college courses on dreaming and part of a dream group, what I realized way back then is all that symbology is yours. It's very unique. Can you get a hint from a dream journal? Absolutely, because you could pop it open, look up that symbol of what you saw, a brown boot. I'm just randomly saying that in case any of you did dream about that last night. And, uh, you know, you might think I've never had brown boots. I've never seen brown boots, but you look it up and maybe it triggers something, you know, but maybe you look it up and it's it's just not fitting, you know? It doesn't make any sense to you. So take dream journals with a grain of salt because it's your information. I think you'll actually get more information if you flip through old photos and photo albums that will trigger information for you. This- or if you're actually journaling, for goodness sake, keep a, g- a dream journal. This is so, so important if you want to begin to understand them. Yeah, I think that uh, I get asked all the time about dream dictionaries, and I think it can paint people in a box and shut off their creativity where they don't get the personal stuff because they they're looking at this Bible. Well, like this, like it is a Bible. Well, it's an encyclopedia or a dictionary, absolutely. And it can people do treat it as a Bible. I agree, and that's what I don't want you to do. It's not rote. It is not it. Yeah. So, do you think uh, lucid dreams are are more powerful than non lucid dreams? Truly, let's look at it this way. If we have a dream that feels really intense and we awaken from that sleep period of time and we've got vivid information that we can write down, then was it lucid? You know, I mean, how'd you come back with all that information? Who was watching? Who, Who came back with the information? You know, whose information is it? It's yours. Um, Lucid dreaming the true uh, definition of it would be that you can manipulate inside the dream. To me, that's the fine line of being lucid and actual dream and yogic sleep, because to be able to function and move things and change things. So if we are practicing lucid dreaming and we are encountering things that are challenging or scary we best get a bit of coaching and learning on it so we are not creating freaky outcomes from it. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> very good point. Now, what would you say to the people who don't remember their dreams? 
get a dream buddy and get a dream journal. Because what I learned, and this goes back to that course back in the 80s when I studied Jung, Gestalt, and, and Freud, because they were all very interested in dreams. So I encourage you all to go check out what they wrote about it and said about it. Um, the first thing is the psyche will not hold on to things if we don't train it to know that we want it. You know how you train your keyboard in your smartphone to remember certain syntax that you use? Uh, or certain words that you use, and then it can guess what you're going to say next, which is a little freaky if you think about it. It's AI. We've been using AI for a long time. Uh, so if the psyche gives you some images and you're sleeping and then you awaken and you remember nothing and you don't care about it, you don't talk about it, you don't say the word dream, you don't, you don't believe in dreams, the psyche is going to say, eh, not worth keeping, you know, not worth putting in that recent memory information. But if you make an effort, like if you just remember the color blue, or even if you think you might be dreaming and you're kind of sort of remembering your bed, just to write a sentence or a word and just to start to do it. And I suggest you put the date because it is quite fascinating to go back through old dream journals and read them. I don't know if you've ever done that, Laura, but I have tons of them. And sometimes I'll just, that'll be the book I'm reading from cover to cover is my own dream journal. Or, or sometimes in the morning when I'm writing a dream and my current one, I'll go, I'll just flip it open to a page and read. You know, I find that fascinating. So that's that's job one. Get a journal. Next, if you have a friend who remembers dreams a lot, get them to tell you their dreams every day. A dream buddy and listening to somebody else's dreams also will train the brain and the psyche and start to build that muscle to recall the dreams. Now, if you're from the oriental medicine side, you might say, well, it's disturbed sleep. Not worth it. I don't want it. So what about, um, I just had it on the top of my head. Now, what was I thinking? Did I make you dream? <laughs> That's okay. We were talking about dream journals and remembering dreams. And what do you do if you don't remember it? That's okay. This is yours to edit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just clap my hands so you know this is the part where you need to edit. <laughs> so Take a breath. You, it's okay. How would you say that uh, a person could develop a relationship with their dreams? So, okay, you're you're writing this stuff down, but is there something more that you need to do to really have a relationship with them? Talk to people about them. Get a dream buddy. You know, I, I read them out loud. Uh, there are techniques of writing your dreams. So let's say you do remember your dreams um, and you you want to get more from them. A technique that can be used is to write everything as if it's you and everything in the present tense. So let's say my dream is about being on a podcast with Laura. The way I would start the dream, the me part of me is sitting in the chair part of me in front of the camera part of me, having a conversation with the Laura part of me on a screen part of me. It is tedious to write dreams this way. I know it. So what I recommend you do is just write the dream down, however it comes out of you. It could be past tense. It could jump around. It might not be chronological. 
take a break then come back to it begin to write it in this way the me part of me is sitting in the chair part of me etc and then once you get that whole thing drafted out leave it alone and then come back later and read it out loud and then read it out loud again and then read it out loud a third time i promise you you are going to gain so much more information from that dream than you ever imagined. And if you can, find a dream buddy. And if you still are having difficulty, come to someone like me or Laura, you know, and talk to us about your dreams. We will help you figure it out. So in um, some cultures, I have heard that people would dream to find like a uh, game before they go hunting or you know, have a dream to, like in the um, Asclepians, they would dream the cures to whatever ails them. Those oh, now, now you're talking me, you're talking my, uh, my little chunk of the universe here. I was there at the temples. They are just above the theater of Dionysus at the, um, in Athens, Greece. And the first time I went to Greece, that was the first place I went. I dumped my stuff in my hotel room and went straight there. And you can't go up and touch them. But back then, I, I haven't been there in a long time. But back then, there was just a little bit I thought about climbing over, but I didn't want to do that and respected it. And yes, they did. They did dream work. They did dream healing. They used color silks to cover the bodies. They had almost pyramid kind of shaped chambers that they put people in. They weren't perfect pyramids like we think of in Giza and Egypt, but they, they did have uh, peaked ceilings. Uh, they were reflective. They were made out of a light colored stone so that if colored silks were laid over a person, it would reflect on the walls. They had dream priests and priestesses who worked with people on their dreams. Um, I wonder what happened with our current versions of sleep studies. You know, I was going with this because even in the Bible, there's all kinds of uh, and stories about the importance of dreams. And, and that's kind of where I was going is, what do you think? How did we lose that? You know, I years and years ago, uh, when I lived in Arizona, I had an acupuncturist who I used to go see. And we were we were working on something with me, with my body, with my energy. And she was at a loss. You know, she was doing everything she could think of. And she said, go home and dream the cure. And I loved her for that because she had gotten to know me. And I had, of course, told her some dreams over time. And I did have a very, very profound dream. I didn't quite understand it. And we untangled it. She also knew my history in Oriental medicine and as an acupuncturist. And, uh, it was a formula. It was one of the 101 herbal formulas. And together we figured it out because of the symbology in the dream and how it translated into the Chinese. Because I was speaking in English from the dream and we figured it out. So it was what I needed in an herbal remedy. We can do this. We absolutely can do this. Uh, but we can also get caught because the thing that's really important, everyone, is that we must be able to determine which is the witness and which is the ego talking to us. Yeah. So tell me about your events, what you got going on. So I've uh, what I've got going on is October 19th, 2023. 
I'm going to be live in the village of Palm Springs, Florida, which is near West Palm Beach and Lake Worth. Those might be easier to find on the map. The village of Palm Springs is a little village and I'll be at their library. I'll be teaching all, and everything is free that I'm doing that day. The library, bless them, is sponsoring the event. So you get in for free with free parking and I'm teaching a writing workshop in the afternoon uh, just after lunchtime. And I uh, will be teaching you how to use astrological signatures in your writing. You could use this information for poetry or prose and to build characters because it's interesting in astrology, there is a word called karaka, which is where our word character and characteristics come from. And so I'm teaching that formula of how to glean the uh, characteristics using astrological signatures of elements, modalities, and uh, the signs and planets. Then uh, there'll be a break. You could go out and eat. Then at five, uh, at four thirty p.m., uh, I will be doing a book signing of my physical books. I have four physical books. I have two that are e-books. Can't sign those for you, but. Um, uh, you can come meet the author, hear me read a little bit from the books. And then at 5 p.m., actually, it'll be 4 p.m. is the book signing. 5 p.m., I will be giving a talk, a lecture on mind, body, spirit. And there will be time for questions and answers. So I hope if you have any friends in South Florida, you'll let them know. You can find the info on my website, which is mynamed.com. Uh, and that's Ambika Devi. So I'll spell it for you. A-M-B-I-K-A-D-E-V-I.com. So send me a message if you want to get in touch with me, ask questions, you can book appointments. And in my blog, which is free to subscribe to, you can find all the information and also on my YouTube channel. It's everywhere. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it was wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all that with us. Oh, my goodness. It was my pleasure. I am so happy we got to talk about dreams. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the end. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.